Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Emirate Airlines wrapped up a major order for Boeing aircraft, sealing an agreement for 90 of the U.S. manufacturers coming 777X wide-body aircraft and adding five of the smaller 787 model. For more, Bloomberg Sky Johnson spoke with Emirates Airlines President Tim Clark. The world feels like a very turbulent place right now. You've got, obviously, a lot of geopolitics. feels like the global economy is slowing down. Why is the right moment now to place a big order like this? Well, there's a number of reasons for that. One, uh, notwithstanding what you just said about the sort of geopolitics and, and things going on in the Middle East, demand for travel on Emirates at the moment is one of the strongest it's ever been in, in its history. And if we had those aircraft we ordered today in place tomorrow, we'd fill them up. It's as strong as that. Um, so the reason we bought these was one, to replace some of the old 777s and eventually the 380s, and also expand the network. So we have 90 extra 777s. We've increased the order on the 787s by 38, 35, so yep. up to 35. So we'll have 245 Boeings on order coming in. And uh, the 380s will keep going as long as possible because they are so potent for us in our business model. And the 350s start being delivered next year, 50 of those. So that'll allow us to manage out the old fleet, expand the network, yep. and do all the things that we plan to do, notwithstanding the, 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 the current situation. Because if we, if we are driven by short-termism, we'd never buy any aircraft. We have to take the view that things are gonna be, are gonna be good in the future, that demand will restore itself, and there will always be bumps in the road, but in the end, we'll manage those. We were anticipating that we would see a large Airbus order here as well. What's holding that up? Well, look, we, we, we've been looking at more 350s. I think we've, we've still got to get over the, uh, the last jump for the commercial terms of this. Uh, and we have to get through some of the engine issues that exist at the moment. Hopefully they'll go away in the future. Yeah. They'll roll, being a single source supply, will uh, provide an engine that is going to do the job that we need for, certainly is, for the 351,000. Is Rolls being more commercial now under new management. Is that part of the problem? Is this a performance issue or a financial issue? I think, I think the, the new CEO has got to, to reset the company. Uh, I think they, 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 and he's doing that. And of course, the, uh, the, perhaps the, the aggression of the old days, which probably wasn't doing them much good in terms of the support and the engines themselves, yeah. he's trying to reset that, get that onto a commercial footing as far as Rolls-Royce is concerned and its shareholders. But at the same time, you've got to de develop engines that are fit for purpose, that are good, solid, reliable, uh, good on fuel, and can, uh, can manage the, the, the problems that we present with very high uh, takeoff weights, very high temperatures, dust, low temperature for performance. It's minus yep. 600 in the summer months. It taxes the engine. And yet the biggest buyers of the 350-1000 are in this region. And we're all on a mission to push, push them out as far as they can go with the takeoff weights that we're... So the engine has got to do a little bit better for us than it might have had to do for, say, British Airways because they don't have to operate in these kind of conditions. Um, I, I think they'll get there in the end. And when we get some visibility of that and we get okay. some undertakings, then we'll be looking at it.
we are going to see it looks like a large Turkish order. Are they now the new threat in the region? Are they coming, uh, coming uh, into you know your space? Me. You know me. How many years have we been asking? You, you used to say to me, will three carriers that he had, yeah. uh, Gata yeah. Airways, is there a room for all of you? And then roll the clock to where we are now. And what would you say? They're all booming. Gata went from whatever it was to 200 plus, 250. Etihad, okay, went ahead and then it shrunk and now it's growing back again. Emirates has continued to do that. Three large carriers. Turkish has basically said, well, you know, we can manage this as well. They build a big hub uh, and they start flying all over the world. So yes, they'll have a yep. big order probably coming up. Do I have a problem with that? No, because I'm a great believer in demand for travel globally being very strong and robust, more so now than our pre-COVID. This is the paradox, which gets everybody offsided. More people are traveling, more people are traveling more often and paying higher fares. Yep. And still they keep coming at us. So, and don't forget, you're in the part of the world, the Middle East, where Saudi Arabia's got a sort of like a two and a half trillion dollar spend plan. Yep. You've got a lot of eco economic activity in the UAE and the other states. So it's, it's sucking in labor, it's sucking in investment and everything else. It's a really good place to do business now. So in answer to the question, whether it be Riyadh Air coming along or Neom or yep. whoever it was, bring it on. It, it does, it's not one of those okay. going to face me. You, you have, you, you, you mentioned the geopolitics and what is happening in the region. You've had to obviously close down your routes into Tel Aviv. How much is that costing you? Do you see it persisting? What do you see the landscape looking like? Well, I, I look, you know, in terms of what we had three flights a day going in there, three 777s yep. going in there, they were full and they were very high yielding. And uh, a lot of the Israeli traffic went through the hub, through Dubai and onto other parts of the world. We, we've lost all of that. But then in the past, we've lost Yemen, we've lost yep. Libya, we've lost Syria. We've, we've had all these things. Is it so expensive? It's, 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 it hurts a little bit, but can we manage it? Of course we can. Okay, there's always a backfill process that we can do. Uh, as far as the longevity of the situation is anybody's guess. I have no idea what's going to happen there at all. It's pretty ugly there at the moment, and I don't yep. think any of us would uh, think otherwise. But um, we have a business to run. I've got another 130 odd destinations to operate with the fleet of 260 yep. aircraft. So we've just got to get on with it. China, how quiet is China right now? Is it going to come back? We've got the APAC summit coming up this week. Well, I, I think um, it, it's going through an interesting time, the Chinese economy. And that's why we have this summit coming up, etc. But as far as we're concerned, we have restored our frequencies there. We could still do a lot more in China. It, it's no point sort of writing off China. I mean, it, 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 there may be a lot more onshoring. There may be a lot of closer to home uh, tertiary production, etc., etc. But this, this country is probably strong enough to deal with all of that and still be as solid as it is. Uh, on the basis that you know, global demand continues to grow, demand for what goes on in China will continue to go. There will be competitors coming up, we know that. Yep. And there'll be a lot of people who are concerned about what happened in COVID and what's been happening geopolitically. But it, you don't write China off on that basis. So it's still gonna be a potent market for us. It'll be a potent market both internally for its own domestic carriers. And I think a lot of carriers uh, would go into China a lot more than they are doing today, if they could. I mean, we're restricted to 35 flights a week. Yep. Could we do 70 or 80 or 90 flights a week? Of course we could. Look at the cities that are still yep. underserved. Do you think there needs to be a single rule book for airlines in terms of where they are flying or overflying? At the moment, we seem to have a scattergun approach. Some airlines are flying some routes 
across uh, across the Middle East, across Russia. Others are taking different routes. It, there doesn't seem to be a commonality to the approach that is being taken. Do you think that's, do you think that's wise? Do you think we need to see a, a more common approach? Some airlines are having to fly very long legs at the moment, increasingly long legs, to get round some of the geopolitical issues we've already been talking about. Yeah, I think in terms of these, these uh, reroutings, of course, for a number of reasons. We have a Russian situation where a lot of carriers are not overflying Russian. They're having yeah. to take a lot of detours. Uh, then you get the normal risk assessment when you get military activity, whether it be in the Middle East and yeah. Israel area, um, or in Iraq or Syria or whatever. And each of the carriers, we talk a lot to each other, and we make our own risk assessments of what's likely to happen in those areas. And we, and that's monitored by the minute. Actually, we've got a whole team of people that look at the routings of the aircraft, looking at the volatility on the ground if there is some, and making the adjustments we do. But always, this risk assessment is driven by no risks yep. in terms of the uh, aircraft and its passengers and crew. So we do whatever we need to do to try and go around it. As a rule, I think we tend to be doing the same thing, notwithstanding the geopolitical requirements of things like overfly Russia. That was Emirates Airlines President Tim Clark speaking with Bloomberg's Guy Johnson. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.